You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Well, a very blessed Veterans Day weekend to you, and it is a Friday, so it's Fridays at the Free as we bring you Big Noon Sports live from Innisfree right here at the edge of campus on University as you head into downtown Tuscaloosa. We've got the uh, Lucky Lunch going on, a fabulous meet and three. They got burgers, they got beer, they got uh, any possible libation you can think of. So drop by and see us. I know the game is in Kentucky, but not everybody's going to Lexington. So those of you that aren't and in Tuscaloosa, please drop by and see us. We have quite a crew with us here today, Lars. You want to do. do the intros? We got Robbie Glenn. Former Alabama baseball player, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker, and of course, the one, the only, Peyton. My student, Peyton. Peyton Davis. Peyton a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Some could say too much. Yeah, but. a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Uh, hey, number one story right now, what everybody is talking about is uh, will he or won't he, and that is uh, Jim Harbaugh, will he be suspended by uh, the Big Ten? And uh, I'm telling you, this is a, uh, a very much a developing story, Matt. Uh, Michigan is scheduled to leave uh, Detroit uh, for uh, um, Happy Valley here in about uh, 55 minutes. And as of now, Jim Harbaugh is still with his team. And uh, his attorney has uh, told multiple reporters that I'm confident that Jim Harbaugh is going to be on that plane one way or another. And uh, we're just waiting for uh, the Big Ten to uh, come down with uh, at least the the first uh, announcement of a punishment uh, for Michigan and the uh, sign-stealing scandal and accusations and um, I, my gut tells me that there could be some sort of uh, um, negotiation going on between Michigan officials and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti to see if uh, they can come to an agreement of uh, some sort of penalty, which could be uh, it could be monetary. And we've heard as much as a million dollars, or it could be that uh, Jim Harbaugh misses one game, two games, three games. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. What does seem clear at this point, Matt, is that Michigan is not going to be ruled ineligible to play in the Big Ten championship game should they qualify it, qualify for it. And also it appears that they will not be ineligible to participate in the college football playoffs. Even though Big Ten and Michigan are button heads here, neither one of those schools, entities, wants to eliminate the Wolverines from the playoffs. They don't want to do that. So you know what? They're going to do everything they can not to. There would have to be a third party, like an NCAA or something like, step in and say, and that's not going to happen. And by the way, one of my little bugaboos today about this is, and, and you're doing it because it's part of the story, but this countdown to the flight, 
Big deal. I mean, Who I can cares? suspend him. In no, I, I mean, that's just, uh, that's just what everybody is. They're uh, just using it as no, a I mean, uh, Yeah, Heather Dinich, she, she came out with this really uh, breaking news report that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, they have to go through security at Detroit International Airport. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Appreciate that. Boy, uh, that. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was she good. She pictures? That was good stuff. Uh, Robbie Glenn, what is your take on on Michigan and what do you think an appropriate punishment should be? And uh, I'm, I'm one of those uh, I'm so tired of hearing about it I really don't care. Uh, Harbaugh's been doing this since I think he came into the league and I hate it's taken away from the biggest game that they're going to have tomorrow. Finally they're going to play a, a, a good opponent and we're going to see what Michigan's all about but now we're having to deal with are they going to have their coach or not. I don't think I mean, he should be suspended, but it should have been done right when they found all this out. So now it's not. Let's just play. Let's focus on the game, and let's deal with it when it's over with. And uh, I just want to see a great game tomorrow. I want to see what Michigan's all about, if they can play good in Penn State. Peyton Davis, uh, junior at Alabama, who's uh, done just such a great job every Friday on this show, giving us perspective of uh, of students, and also you're, you're in uh, in uh, my uh, sports writing class, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time every no, Friday to be with love us. Um, what do you think? And, and and also, how do you think Greg Sankey would be handling this if this were to happen in the SEC conference? Well, you saw Desmond Howard said that if this were Alabama, then, you know, the SEC would already be done. It wouldn't happen. Nothing would come yeah, up. Yeah, that's, but that's, to me, I saw that. I saw Desmond Howard, Howard say that too. And that is just de- deflection, deflection, yeah. deflection, deflection, deflection. Yeah, Homer. But, uh, yeah. it's becoming more clear to me as, you know, days go by that they're going to get some sort of suspension this season during the year, which is going to be very interesting. And to Robbie's point, I mean, they go, go into Happy Valley. It's, you know, an 11 a.m. game or a noon game, big noon kickoff. And, um, they're playing the Not big noon game. sports. Big noon kickoff. Right, big noon kickoff. We're big and bad or yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're playing their biggest game to date, and I want to see how they handle that because it's a lot of a- external noise. And it's, I mean, Penn State maybe not a very explosive offense, kind of has trouble being consistent in the passing game and um, putting together drives. But still a dangerous team with a really good defense on the road. I would love. I'll, I'm very excited to see how Michigan handles that. I think that's the biggest thing here. Laura Lee, I want to just talk football. How about you? How about Alabama going to Kentucky? What are you thinking here? I'm thinking, uh, well, as long as they didn't listen to all this rat poison, um, you know, that they need to go to Lexington and take care of business, and I think they will. Um, I've been to Lexington. We're not going this time, but I I love going to Lexington. What a great town. It is a good town. Have you ever been there yeah, for a game? several times. Been there for basketball. I've never actually been to Commonwealth Stadium, but is it? It's a nice place, I assume. Yeah, well, a little smaller. Yes, it's smaller, um, but I mean the town itself is nice. They're nice places to eat. It's a it's a nice football weekend, and the fans are not, you know, rabid fans for football. Everybody's real pleasant, so. I've enjoyed going there. Have you been to every uh, venue or every every away game that Alabama's played uh, in the SEC? Have you been to every other SEC school? I'm trying to really spit this out in a very inarticulate way. <laughs> well, uh, I have not, believe it or not, I have not been to the Swamp. 
I haven't been to the swamp. Okay. I have. Uh, not the greatest stadium no, in the world. Well, it was and not the early yeah. in that last year. But, uh, with my, my, qu- my question is, what is your favorite place to go? LSU. LSU. Me too. Without a doubt. Really? Yeah. I don't oh, like yes. Baton Rouge myself. Well, you're a Louisiana yeah. kid. You're not going to like going home. True, true, true. Baton Rouge is a hole. Yeah. <laughs> we stay in New Orleans and oh. we go over. It's and a great town. Yeah. It's fun because the uh, alumni, the Alabama alumni, uh, and we're on the list for the New Orleans Alabama alumni, they rent buses. And we get on the buses, and when we hit the Baton Rouge city limits, we are escorted by the police straight into the stadium. So we're not stuck in traffic or anything. I've done that. And it's it's the only way to go ever since they expanded their stadium and took all that parking. Everybody used to park in the fields and stuff, and you can't do that anymore. And now it's you can't get in there. So that's the only way to go into LSU. But I love the stadium, love the atmosphere. The fans are always really yeah, they're nice great. to us. Before. They, before the game, uh, they're all cooking, they're jambalaya and all that. And uh, they always want to make sure we're all well-fed and all of that. So it was fun. There were some LSU folks at a friend of mine's tailgate last weekend with his big pot that oh, you yeah. see cooking. Oh, my gosh. The food was Doing so that low-country boil with a shrimp and a sausage. Well, he and did a... pasta laya. And I, then I would he love had... It. Uh, fried catfish, and I don't like catfish. And I ate it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You and Lars, not the big catfish fans. No. So. Hey, I'll Robbie, you, Robbie real, oh, sorry, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to tell you, we need to go to break, but uh, I was just going to tell you that the bus rides to and from from New Orleans are more fun oh, than right. adults should be able to have. Oh, it's I want to take, take the train. Especially train when we're going through and all the LSU fans yeah. realize it's Alabama alumni <laughs> and they, they're communicating with the finger. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, with other sounds very on brand with LSU right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're in Innisfree. It's a Friday place to be. Come by and see us. We'll be here in two. Of course, they're going to have all the games all weekend long, so it's the place to be this weekend as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Finding. 
Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cool with periods of rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 67. Tonight's low, 52. Very cool over the weekend. Cloudy with some rain at times tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More Big Noon Sports coming up. We are live from the Friday place to be. That's the free Innisfree Irish Pub. Wonderful selection of lunches and in addition to all the beers. Drop by and have lunch with us. Those of you who are not already headed to Lexington. Uh, Lexington tomorrow's weather will be sunny and a high of 57. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good weather. So. A lot of people are headed up that way. If you're not, you need to head down to Innisfree. What I find very, very interesting as the season continues to grow is how absolutely captivated Alabama fans are going to be with other games. And there are like, I've got my count at around seven games that we're really going to be interested in. The first one would have to be Michigan and Penn State, and that's not just for the rankings. That's also, eyes are going to be on the Wolverines. Uh, Peyton, because of what they're putting on us. Yeah, how do they respond? And, yeah, you know, it's a tough environment. It's a tough crowd there. And there's your, to your point, I mean, a lot of games are going to impact the way this thing's going to look for Alabama in a few weeks. Because even if they keep winning, probably, I mean, if it comes down to Texas and Alabama, I mean, they have the head-to-head wins. So it's going to be, I mean, you can't imagine them, the committee holding out a one-loss SEC champion. But we look at these scenarios no, and it's crazy. You get a little dicey. Yeah. What, what do you like the, in that game? Robbie, Mich- with, Michigan, uh, Penn State. It's with all the stuff going on over Michigan's head. I, I, Penn State at home is tough, um, and I don't think Michigan's been challenged yet. So I don't know what they're going to show up to. I, th- I like Penn State. Yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge for Michigan, and you're right. Uh, you go back and you look at their schedule. They, they have not played a, a daunting, a daunting opponent, a, a, a legit sort of top ten opponent yet. Um, how important is it to have the head coach on the sideline? Because it, does it is it does it make that much of a difference? And Matt and I were talking about this on on the way here this morning. Does it make that much of a difference, Robbie, 
if Jim Harbaugh is on the sideline or not, because at this point, the game plan has been installed, players know what to do, and the head coach uh, during the game, yes, he's going to make a few important decisions, right, whether to go for a fourth and one, kick a field goal, punt, whatever. Is Does it really make that much of a difference? Yeah, it does. Uh, like you just said, there's going to be times when you got to make those decisions, and he's going to make those, and he's been doing that his whole career. I mean, picture Saban not being on the sideline for us on a big game. Uh, yeah, we have Bingo. some great assistant coaches, but we're all—he's always going to be the one keeping them in check. If he doesn't like the way the game plan's going, then he's going to adjust it and have them adjust it. So, yeah, you got to have your head coach there. Keeps may everybody I, there. May I give you a perfect example? And it was a part of a conversation that Lars were having on the way over here. Alabama, Clemson national championship who called for the onside kick except that Laura that changed the whole game Alabama does not in my opinion Alabama does not win that game if Nick Saban doesn't make that call well it did change everything it just the momentum you know so I mean it. it was a brilliant call and I think it does matter we have played game without Saban on the sideline. Had COVID. Yeah. So we've been through that. Um, Harbaugh, I think it'll be interesting. And, yes, I mean, it's a big game. But you know what? Uh, by all the evidence, they did the deed. So they have to yeah. pay the price. You know what I would love to see? Because uh, Michigan is about ready to get on their plane in, in Detroit. I'd love for uh, Harbaugh to be the last guy to get on and pull up President Nixon. <laughs> Nixon is getting on Marine One, right? He boards for the last time when he's leaving the White House. And he, he turns around and and he uh, he, he flashes the, uh, the peace <laughs> sign and, get, and waves goodbye and gets in. I am not a crook. <laughs> Come on, wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, it would be awesome. Or he could just pull the full moon. Um, <laughs> or he could pull a Gerald Ford and just fall all the way back down to the tarmac. Um, which, by the way, him being considered a, a klutz of a man is just not true. He's the best football player in the White House ever. Yeah, probably um, the best athlete in the White House ever. Yeah. But um, there are other games, guys. Yeah. And I guess we can just kind of select a few and go through them, but this is a great weekend La- of college football. Yeah, Laura Lee, oh, you you know the game, Georgia Ole Miss. I want your thoughts on this. Can Ole Miss go in and pull the upset on Kirby Smart? Yeah, they can. Yeah, will they? I, I don't know. It's going to be a good game to watch. Um, I, you know, the the interesting thing is that we've seen uh, Georgia be vulnerable and we've seen them play well. So it's like which team's going to show up. Um, Vegas done things to be very close. They got, I think, the line's at like 10 and a half, 11, something like that. I mean, you'd like to see Ole Miss go in there and at least make it a, a game, but it's, it all starts on the defensive side of the ball. Can they get, keep Carson Beck off the field and then respond? Because they're going to have to answer a few times, I feel like. And Lane Kiffin in these big games hasn't been fantastic at his, in his career at Ole Miss. So. Is this the biggest game for Ole Miss in a decade? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're top 10. Yeah. One loss. Yeah, you know, if they beat Georgia, could they leap Alabama? 
No. Even though Alabama beat them. No. Now, no, there's, a lot, there's a lot of jumping around yeah, here. There's so it? much confusion there because if Ole Miss loses, that hurts our strength of schedule, or does it help yeah. us to beat Georgia at the end of this? Right, because like, it looks so like it's going to come down to something like that. Like a, t- a win like against number one Georgia, they're number one. I don't care about Ohio State being yeah. number one. Georgia's the best team, the team to beat in the country. If you beat them undefeated at the end, then you can have a chance to hop Oregon after that because Oregon's in front of Alabama right now, surprisingly to many, but still are. The committee obviously values their um, the way they've looked top. 15 on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so. but their schedule just no, not out. Alabama's like beaten three ranked yeah. teams in yeah. the SEC. That's why it's Oregon's so shocking beaten. that they're ahead of us. Yeah. You know? But, uh, you know, a lot of these things can shake out, Lars. Obviously, Ole Miss is going to be pulling for Kentucky to upset Alabama, and this game will take place before Ole Miss takes the field against Georgia. Um, and that, you know, give them a boost, but I know, Laura Lee, Alabama's not going to lose. No. <laughs> you give me the death stare. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, I, whenever, I, uh, whenever I mention the possibility of Alabama losing. But uh, Georgia, you know, they, they, they've tied a, a school record winning 24 straight games at home. Uh, they've won 12 in a row at Sanford Stadium against teams ranked in the AP poll. And, uh, they have a good thing going. And it seems like even, even though, uh, they weren't completely dominant against Missouri last week, it seems like George is getting better week in and week out. Brock Bowers, uh, is he game time decision or? I don't, I, 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 I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's playing either. When was the last time Georgia lost in Sanford Stadium? It's been so long. Their last regular season loss was four years here ago. in COVID. When's the last time they lost? Right. Yeah. Uh, against Alabama. It's been a while. Yeah. Robbie, do you give, uh, Ole Miss a chance? Yeah, I always give them a chance. I mean, they got some good players, uh, but, you know, Kirby is defensive. You know, minded coach, yep. and he seems to, he will be ready for whatever Lane has. Um, and then again, Lane's going to probably do some things to try and trick him, and sometimes that gets him in trouble. Yeah, I just think George is too strong defensively, and uh, they're going to shut him down. It's just tough to answer so many times, especially the way Georgia's been playing offensively lately for Ole Miss, even though they have a really explosive, nice offense this year. I think it's the best one they've had in a while, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just going to be tough for them to be consistent against a defense coached by Kirby Smart. Yeah, and uh, Ole Miss is kind of in the same situation that Alabama is in going to uh, Lexington this weekend where Alabama hasn't played in a decade. The Rebels haven't played uh, at Sanford Stadium. And they won that last time. Yeah, since since 2012. Uh, And so, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's been a long time. And Georgia's won 10 of the last 11 in, in the series. Um, it is going to be a tall order for Ole Miss, but uh, this is a, it's a really big game on six o'clock six o'clock Central Time on ESPN. Matt, a lot of other games that can have influence on the way this season wraps up as far as college football playoffs are concerned. They have here on this list Ohio State at Michigan State. I don't think that's. That's not the only influence that's yeah. going to have is how bad the Sparty yeah, is. Yeah. It's not. It's a lost season for Sparty, um, I think. So, and, and I beat Nebraska last week. But I think the other there are others that are very intriguing. Washington at Utah. That's going to be a tough game. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm not sure that's at. at I think it's in. It's in Washington. Utah at Washington. Washington. Yeah, which uh, changes the whole way you think about it. Changes it a lot. Changes the whole way you think about it. It kicks off at 10:30 Central. What? Uh, no, I'm, I'm seeing it's uh, 2.30 two thirty Central. Gotcha. Yeah, two thirty gotcha. Central. Yeah, Utah seven and two. Washington undefeated at nine and zero. 
And um, and, and look, you, you go back and you, you examine what happened when Utah played Oregon. And they got blown out 35-6. Mm. Yeah, Utah, yeah, Utah is not a team that is built to play from behind. And so, Especially no uh, rising. That's been a big thing for them this year. You're so wrong. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and, um, lost Utah. a lot of explosion there. And, and obviously, uh, Matt Heisman voters are going to be watching this uh, game, uh, see how Michael Penix uh, Jr. does. And, um, and, and again, he's going against a pretty tough Utah defense. Uh, Utah did beat Florida, uh, seems like a long time ago now, back in uh, early September. But um, I, I think uh, the key to this game is going to be can Utah put up enough points to stick with Washington, and I don't think they can. I don't think they can either. I, I like Utah. I always have. Utah to be in the Pac-12, I think they're more like an SEC team. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think they could play in this scrimmage, conference. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. they're a line of scrimmage football team. But, you know, the, the things I've seen out of both Oregon and Washington through their quarterbacks are just, man. And are they headed to the Pac-12 playoffs? championship game once yeah. again, I would think so. That'd be interesting because Oregon feels like the better team right now even though they lost. Yeah. It, you know, that they, was a game where they, I mean, they outplayed they really, Washington in pretty yeah, much they every really way. Won outgained them and all that. Yeah, they should have won that. Alright, hey, we're coming to you. Fridays at the Free. We are at Ennis Free Irish Pub right here in Tuscaloosa at the top of the strip. Drop by and see us have some lunch and a cold beer and we will be here in two, but they're here all weekend. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Hey, we are coming back. We are back. We are live. It is free, the Friday place to be, but it's the place to be. I guess I'm uh, I'm really showing my age. I remember when Ennis Free opened. It was 25 years ago. Peyton wasn't... One born yet. You wouldn't have thought in anybody's <laughs> mind yet. But anyway, um, this is a great place to be. Come by and have lunch with us and, and stay for the whole weekend, literally. All right, Lars, pick another game that's going to have great influence or could have influence on Alabama advancing and getting into the Final Four. Well, I'm really interested in uh, USC, Oregon. This doesn't necessarily impact Alabama, but it impacts a kid from Alabama, and that is Bo Nix. Um USC was just horrible last week against Washington, uh, losing 52 to 42. Um, they fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, and you saw after the game, Caleb Williams, who we've been kind of harsh on this year, uh, just for some of his comments that both he and his father have made about, uh, hey, we're going to make more money by coming back to uh, play for USC next year via NIL, then uh, go play for some crappy NFL team. Or if we do go to the NFL, we want an ownership percentage in the team. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Um, but what happened last week after the game, after losing to Washington, was quite revealing, I thought. Caleb Williams goes into the stands, and he hugs his mother, and he just becomes incredibly emotional and his mom did his bet did her best to kind of shield uh, what was happening from the cameras and that revealed to me that the kid cares he cares 
and uh, I think that's what you want more than anything out of your out of your quarterback that it means something to him. And I think that that moment may be remembering that moment on Saturday because I think Caleb Williams is going to play really really well against Oregon. And also, um, uh, Peyton and I were just talking about this off air that there is sort of this bounce effect that you get when, uh, and, and it's, and we've seen it throughout history. I, I, I don't know if it's been, you know, documented really well, but when you fire a head coach or a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, it seems like the, that the team where they lose their coach the next week, they play really, really well. Right, right. And they fired the Grinch just before the holidays, so that's an interesting tidbit. But, uh, but, last, but we saw it with the, yeah. with the Raiders. Yeah, with the Raiders last week, you know, they come out that's and they're playing. Example. Yeah, they're firing all cylinders, you know, against a shorthanded New York Giants team. But still, there's there's something to be said. A few years ago also with um, John Gruden getting fired from the Raiders, they bring in Rich Passaccia, their uh, special teams coordinator, and they play really well for us that season. The, um, the Saints quarterback, Derek Carr, now, but uh, this game's very interesting uh, because Caleb Williams, for all the criticism he's gotten this year, has still played, and the numbers are still monstrous. I mean, he's basically 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and four interceptions. He's still an all-time talent in terms of the quarterback position in college to me, and um, this is even though USC has had their issues and all that, if they come out playing a lot better defensively, and Caleb Williams plays some of his best football in one of his last games, that means something at USC, then you could, I mean, this is a team that could score with probably anyone in the country because of Lincoln Riley, how good he is as an offensive play caller, and Caleb Williams and um, the, some of the guys that they have. So, I mean, it's a talented team still. So, I'm not saying upset, but... Can, can I say something real quick about Caleb Williams? One more thing, Matt. So, um, Matt Miller, who is... Uh, we used to work together at Bleacher Report. We're buddies. And he's a draft expert now for ESPN. And he's going to be kind of the, the next Mel Kuyper. And, um, and so he, Oh, great. We so, get another yeah, one. Yeah. So it, he called Caleb Williams a generational talent. And so I responded to him over Twitter, the Twitter machine. And I said, so he's a generational talent. Does that mean that he's better than Joe Burrow? Or and does, or when you say generational talent, does it mean like, is there more than one? Or is the generational yeah, talent? More I've heard just best since Andrew Luck is what I've heard. And, I mean, you can have more than one generational First talent. First of all, can you, wait, wait, you can have more than one generational talent? I mean, it's of singular. You can. It's singular. Genera- he's a generational talent. A generation. That means he's, he's one. We're, we're going to get off of the semantics here. I'm going to get to something nobody's going to find very popular. The Caleb Williams crying thing did nothing for me. It just I didn't showed love me it. that I he's an immature guy, though. and he's still immature. He absolutely shot his mouth out. He's been a pompous little, you know what, for yeah. a long time. And okay, so he, he showed that emotion. Show it beforehand. Yeah, and you be a man some of the then stuff instead the, of saying it. The I team just, that drafts him, he wants stake in the team. Like it's just such a bad look when you're just evaluating the player. He's still, in my opinion, the number one pick of this draft. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's gone as bad as rough as you could possibly have it. Even though he's put up good numbers, it's gone pretty rough this year, though, from just a you well, know, character standpoint. Don't don't count out the Ducks defense. They can no, play. They can play. They're as complete a team as there is in the country. Did did the Caleb Williams going into the stands and crying, Laura Lee? Did 
Did that bring a tear to your eye? No, it didn't bring a tear to my eye, but I think it humanized him. And, I mean, these players are not robots. And, I mean, he is a good player, and it, it, perhaps he needed to be humbled a little bit. Uh, a lot of it. A lot of yeah. it, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody really cared for what he had to say. And I mean, it, these cringy. young kids are really immature and say things that they just need to zip it. I mean, Saban would have zipped that mouth so quick. Yeah. You know, and oh, he so, wouldn't have said it. it well, no. I, mean, I mean, you just you just don't say that, yeah. No, and so I think he's made some mistakes, but I thought it humanized him. And uh, haven't seen a mother-son relationship like that. I, you know, I. I'm just a cold-hearted human being. I, I guess that's tough. I was upset I need to face he lost, that. so we needed him to win. Well, there's a lot of truth in that, too. I mean, you know, we need him to win this week. It does impact Alabama. Yeah. Robbie, so. Robbie, your thoughts on Caleb Williams? Uh, I was emotional that they lost, too. I was wanting them to win, but uh, that was it. I guess he had a lot built up there. I don't, I don't know why and why they had to show it on TV, but... Uh, yeah. It is what it is. You know, I've gotten emotional at some games, too. You know, my last one, we lost Auburn, and we weren't going to make Ooh. the SEC my senior year. And I, yeah, you're walking off the field, but I don't know why. He still has football left to play, so I don't I don't know why that hit him so hard that game. You think yeah, USC I'll, comes back and plays well this week? Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll come back. And it's at or, I mean, Oregon's playing. You're going against yeah, one of the best right there. You've got to play like that. I mean, like we said earlier, not a great track record, though, strength of schedule. I mean, they haven't faced yeah, an offense. Yeah, they're going to face explosive. somebody who's been battle-tested already. Right. I mean, USC has played some teams. And, I, you know, I know Utah had some injuries, but I'm thinking they're going to give Washington all they want after that big game they had last week with them. I think right. Utah's going to come in and, and hit them. That's really who Alabama needs to be cheering for. <laughs> okay. Utah. We're going to be looking to the yeah. West Coast. <laughs> Utah and Oregon. I mean, and USC. Miami at Florida State. Yeah, Got to stay up late. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. I'll drink yeah. some caffeine on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, uh, Robbie, you made the interesting point when we were talking the other day about we should just keep the playoff teams at four. Uh, it makes it exciting this year. I, I, I do like 12 because I, I like to see some teams that were, didn't get in, but everyone's going to be watching football this week and next week of games that you wouldn't be watching anyway. When else like, would unless Alabama it was be Utah fans, right? Yeah, like we're yeah. all watching every of these games to see. Like we're watching Miami-Florida State tomorrow. It's a good rivalry, but if you're not one of those fans, you're not. But you want to see if Florida State survives, if they're going to stay in. You want to see Penn State-Michigan. You want to... You, know, you want to see Ole Miss, Georgia. You want to you know, go out to the Pac-12 and see those. Um, you want to see Texas at TCU. You That's know, another good one. Yeah, there's a bunch of games though. that you are so dialed oh, in. for. a big difference. You want to watch. Difference. A lot of games impact Alabama. Big time. Texas, they, they shouldn't have escaped. Last week, that was quite an ending. Uh, it's a Kansas no. State-Texas yeah. game. That Kansas State's a pretty good football team. and They are, and they yeah. could have. Should have. They should have. So it it, it kind of reminds me going back ten years ago when Alabama was on the outside looking in and they needed Iowa State mm. to yep. win. Do y'all yeah. remember oh, that? Yes. And yeah. then they I actually like for some reason actually Baylor, my daughter Kansas got State, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I was at the Baylor Kansas State game because my daughter had gotten married, and so Karen and I went to the game and. Lo and behold, Baylor smacked K-State around. And Alabama's in a similar situation, Robbie. Yeah. They've got to have 
they're not in control of their own destiny, which is they're, scary if you're an Alabama fan because you're used to being. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not, but they control one destiny tomorrow. Let's take care of Kentucky, win the SEC West, and get a shot at Georgia. Um, you got to be so all let's take care of that. Here, but well, I mean, we, we got ahead. to, but we, we still, yeah. you win tomorrow, you win the West. Right, and, right, uh, right. So it, Matt, we want to take care of that. Matt, we didn't get your thoughts on USC, Oregon. You, you like Oregon in I this like game? I like Oregon. I just like Oregon all the way around. Uh, <clears throat> I know both Knicks rightfully gets a lot of attention, but Oregon's got a pretty good defense, too. Yeah. Um, and the numbers, know, Caleb Williams, the numbers versus the top defenses aren't great also. And uh, I know we got to go to break here in a second, but one more quick game that we haven't talked about yet uh, in depth, and that's Miami at Florida State, uh, 2.30 kick on ABC. Um, Peyton, your thoughts? Um, I think that this is, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. A lot of people see uh, Florida State staying alive, beat down, but they've kind of skated by a little bit. You know, the ACC is pretty weak this year. In terms of teams, I mean, you look at the second best team is at North Carolina. They lost back-to-back weeks against Virginia and Georgia Tech. So um, this is one where Miami, I think, has the talent, and they can play with Florida State, but it's going to be a matter of, like, are they ready? Can Cristobal get them ready to, to play? It's a big game, I think, for him. We'll talk more about those games, and then we'll talk more about what's going on across the world of uh, sports, particularly in college football. Lars, I want you to launch a little bit of a discussion about Bryce Young struggling in the NFL, and that was the case again last night. But we are at NS Free, Friday place to be. Come by, have lunch with us. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205 790 7229 Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cool with periods of rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 67. Tonight's low, 52. Very cool over the weekend. Cloudy with some rain at times tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tasty basket of fried pickles. 
And that's just one of the many delicious dishes that you can order here at Innisfree. It's Friday. It's a football weekend. So the gang is all here, and we would like to see your smiling face as well. Come by, have lunch, join in the conversation, and have a cold beer or a soda or whatever you desire. Lars, where are we next? Is um, Texas? Where do we go with Texas? TCU? We didn't talk about that one very much because I don't think a lot of people give TCU a chance of winning this. Well, let's uh, finish our talk here real quick. I'm sorry, okay. Matt, on uh, Miami, Florida State. And um, right now, uh, still not sure who's going to start a quarterback for Miami. Most likely it will be uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Um, but uh, I think uh, um, Mario Cristobal is still just like keeping his uh, hand close to the vest there. Um, I think Miami really ha- has a puncher's chance here in-, in this game to knock off Florida State. And um, Matt, just what, what what have you seen out of? Uh, I-, I know we both love the uh, Florida State quarterback, and uh, we just think the the world of him. But uh, do you think do you think Miami's got a chance here? I think they would have a chance in Miami. Uh, and I know Florida State's not the most, uh, I guess, imposing place to play, but it can be. And I think it especially is this year because they are that good. But I think Miami has a puncher's chance, a Hail Mary's chance. But I like this Florida State team. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I think what Miami is going to try to do is they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to just uh, pound it. And uh, they they average uh, about 176 a game rushing, uh, 5.2 yards a rush, and uh, try to take pressure off their quarterback. And I do think it's going to be Van Dyke. But um, I think, you know, they're going to have to win special teams. They're going to have to win turnover battle. Uh, in order to uh, sort of be there late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think the run the game is a big important factor because Florida State's got, you know, Jared Burst and some guys on the edges that are really good athletes that can get after the quarterback. And Tyler Van Dyke's thrown 10 picks I'm reading since the start of October. So that's pretty rough. So you want to make sure that that pass rush isn't, isn't influencing him too much because he's not really a mobile guy. But he's got a lot of talent. He's got a big arm. You know, that's one where you can get a few chunk plays and make an impact and then, you know, get Florida State on the ropes because Jordan Travis and has been a little pl- uh, prone to making mistakes himself. So um, I think I give Miami a puncher's chance as well. Robbie, your oh, thoughts? Uh, what is this, the wide right game? I mean, uh, yeah. back in the day when all the field goals missing. Yeah, it took that way back. But uh, I bet Tyler there, only remembers always, that from anytime reading you have about a Scott like that, Bentley. Yeah. Anytime you have a rivalry like that, you always got a chance. I mean, it doesn't matter what the record is. And I, I get... I, I bet you uh, Miami's kind of glad to, that they're on the road at Florida State because I think they were getting booed at their own own field, and that's not fun. Um, so if they're going to get there. That's going to be hostile. They're going to be excited to play, and if you know their season has been a disappointment. So what makes it better? Knock off one of your rivals, one of the teams that's in a playoff hunt. That'd be a great way to finish your season, or you know, finish strong, anyways. Yeah, so uh, the, the the final big game of uh, the weekend that we haven't really talked about, and that is uh, number seven, Texas, uh, going against TCU. And uh, this, uh, this game has some historical significance because uh, these two uh, teams have met 90 times 
or this will be the, the I think about the 90th meeting since 1897. And uh, with Texas going to the SEC next year, this is the last matchup in the series, uh, that at least is on the books right now. Texas uh, off to its best start since 2009, and that's when uh, they played Alabama in the national championship and got uh, KO'd uh, by the Crimson Tide. Um, the Horn Frogs have lost four of five after a three and one start. They're trending in the wrong direction. Uh, now, uh, Sonny Dykes and, and, and the crew at, at Texas, uh, te- uh, sorry, at, at TCU, uh, they have to win two of their last three just to make a bowl game. So there's a lot on the line for TCU. Um, We'll see. I mean, and, and you mentioned this, uh, Peyton, earlier that uh, yesterday uh, Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian announced that Quinn Ewers is going to be back after missing the last two games with a shoulder injury. And uh, the thing is, the, the last two games, yes, Texas beat BYU and Kansas State, but they struggled especially against Kansas State. Um, and I think with Ewers back, and it looks like he is going to be sort of full go, that uh, I think Texas wins this one pretty easily. Yeah, but, I mean, hey, you know, Quinn Ewers comes back for the first time in a while, and last year, and it's a different TCU team, but Quinn Ewers at home against TCU, um, who a game that I thought that would end the magic carpet ride for TCU. He played very poorly, and um, so it's a different TCU team. They lost a lot of talent, transfer portal, tried to bring some guys in, and it hadn't really worked out very well so far. But, um, you know, for Sonny Dykes, it's a big one because, you're, like you said, they got to win two out of three to make a bowl game. And after, you know, getting shellacked in the national championship last year, still making a national championship, but this year has kind of been a, a big crash down to earth for them. So a, a win against Texas at home would be a – a big morale boost for them. Texas is a 12 and a half point favorite and uh, TCU has faced only one top 25 team all year and that was Kansas State and they got spanked mm, 41 to 3. Uh, all signs point to Texas in this game, Robbie. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, I think Texas will be fine with this game even with yours if he wasn't going to play. They're not going to let this one slip up. I would look more to the next week for them at Iowa State. I don't know Iowa what State's it is. A sneaky good. Yeah. Football team. I don't know what it is yeah. about going to Iowa State. A lot of teams go there and lose. I don't care what their record is. Big spoiler. Because they play. tend to get just physically sick when they see those mustard and ketchup colored uniforms coming. Maybe that's it. So <laughs> I mean, it's always a windy uniform in college football. I, I've, I've not been, to, I've been to Ames, Iowa, many times, and it's always windy. It's always cold, and just weird stuff happens. Happens in that stadium. Really, oh, that, that's it's true. So that, that's what I'm looking at. So I think they'll survive this week. I don't think it'll be a runaway. I don't know if they'll cover, but I think they'll win. But another factor, like you like you said, it's the last one in a long line of the series. Um, last year, the Battle of Bedlam, you saw Oklahoma State will play with a little more fire and spoil Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. they're basically their playoff chances are obviously out the window at this point. So after losing two straight, so. It's another factor. I mean, this. I mean, TCU is not nearly as good as Oklahoma State to me, but something to look at. Laura Lee, does it surprise you that TCU went from one win away and 15 touchdowns <laughs> from winning a national championship? They're not good at all. Was it all? Is it all about Max Duggan? You remember their quarterback? Well, yeah, I remember. It was great in uh, until he ran into a buzzsaw. 
But I don't know if I can remember a national championship team that's dropped this far in one year. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, it's tough because uh, with my crimson colored glasses, knowing that we should have been there. You will circle the wagons for the crimson so, tide in a snowstorm. Well, I mean, you know, we lost two games, what, two points? I mean, you know, so it, it's just we were a much better team. So it's hard to look at TCU saying, Last year's team is a different team from this year's team. I didn't think that they um, were good enough to be in the Final Four last year, but they were. And so this year they're back to... Apparently TCU got wind that Michigan was stealing signs, right. and so they changed up all their signs before the game, and Michigan right. wasn't aware of that, and that's why... They- <laughs> Well, you can, yeah, I've heard that. You can uh, yeah, yeah. use, use the logic, logic there. Know, that on is that the danger of sign stealing. If um, you know that they've got them and you've got them, you can turn the tables on them. Now, you would not I mean that happened in baseball. Sign stealing? Well, turning the tables, turning the table, like we're just saying, like how uh, it appears that TCU turned the tables on Michigan, right? Does that ever happen in baseball where it's like, oh, you get fake signs, so you think something. If, if we yeah. think that they had their signals, yeah, yes, we might yeah. we yes. might get one back just yeah, to cross see. Them up. Yeah. Cross them up a little bit to see see if they go for it, then we'll know. If, if they fell for it, then we know, yeah, they had our signs. And then that's usually when someone catches one in the ear hole or something like that. But, <laughs> but that was back in the day. You're not allowed to do that anymore. I tell <laughs> this often. I'll tell it again quickly as we go to the top of the hour. My favorite sign-stealing story. This was back in the 60s, and Koufax was pitching against the Phillies. Now, if y'all remember and have read, Koufax in his prime was pretty much unhittable. But um, they picked up his signals. Phillies did. And they knew what was coming. He pitched a one-out, one-hit shutout anyway. I mean, sometimes your talent's just going to take over, right? Remember that picture of that? thing I sent you of Maddox, he said, I'll tell him what was coming, yeah. and you're still not going to hit me. Uh, not that 89-mile 89 89-mile that just drops out of the zone. Uh-huh. You're not going to touch it. So. No. That's baseball, though. I think it's a little it bit is. different when they all know you're running right. Yeah, that, that is a little different. All right, we need to take a break for Menace Free, and we'll be back with Big Men Sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. News in the NFL as Cardinals coach Jonathan Gannon announced that quarterback Kyler Murray will start for Arizona as they face the Falcons on Sunday, marking his first action since tearing his ACL last December. Atlanta, by the way, they'll have receiver Drake London back after he missed last week with a groin injury. Bengals coach Zach Taylor ruled out receiver T. Higgins and defensive end Sam Hubbard for Sunday's game against the Texans. Regarding Jamar Chase and his back injury, Taylor said, we'll see. The Seahawks signed 
former Rams quarterback Brett Rippon to their practice squad. In the NBA, ESPN reports Trailblazer center Robert Williams will have season-ending knee surgery. And in college football, ESPN reports the Big Ten is expected to announce any potential punishment against Michigan for the sign-stealing scandal at some point today. Wolverines are traveling to Penn State this afternoon for their big matchup on Saturday. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. It is Big Noon Sports. It's a Friday Fridays at the Free, Innisfree Irish Pub. We are going to be here until 2 o'clock and invite you to come by. The Lucky Lunch is in place, which is a meet and three. It's unbelievable. It's like nine ninety nine, and their vegetables and uh, their entrees are just absolutely fantastic. urge you to come by. Can't get by here today. Have lunch tomorrow and watch the tide roll up in Lexington, Kentucky. Lane Kiffin's lawsuit. Is this something that's going to be a bugaboo for him even going in to Georgia? Now, if you haven't heard what he said, it was taped to a player that he eventually dismissed from the team. I'm just going to have to talk on air and produce on air. Noah, is this arable? Because what he said was uh, one of the big, big no-nos in all of broadcasting. Have you got it, cute? Can we play it? Can we make contact? <laughs> Earth? No. Uh, Mission control. Sometimes they can play those things and we don't hear them. So, anyway, Lars, your thoughts on that is moving forward. How do you see this stacking up and will it eventually hurt Kiffin? I guess it already in a sense has. I don't think so. Um, I think that, uh, that, that they had been trying to get in touch with this kid for quite a while. And um, the uh, I don't know all the facts. I don't know all the facts. I really but, throw you off but, the curve. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think. I didn't think we're. I, I thought we were going to talk about Bryce Young. But um, uh, I, I know that uh, I'm always skeptical when somebody goes to confront somebody else and they have a tape recording device. Yep, Eric Ramsey. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that, that, and that's then, and then you use what was said to file a $40 million lawsuit. It's a great point. Yep. Yeah, there was other fact. Like, he disappeared for three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. yeah. Now, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they couldn't get in touch with couldn't the kid. Couldn't get in touch with yep. the kid, and then he shows up, and then, yeah, and he's recording. So that that's that red flag's right there, but a mental thing is nothing to joke about either. And Absolutely I hate not. That if there is an issue that he needs to deal with that, but you don't turn that around to get money and sue a school and you know i'm sure that lane probably could have handled that a little bit different but you know he's a hothead gets frustrated anyways so and i had a feeling he probably knew he was being recorded the way he was asking the questions or doing things that's why he just got him out of his office if you heard it he gets pretty irate it's like just get out of the office get you're off the team so i think he kind of noticed he was recording really because he snapped all of a sudden so he's not just going to snap without just yeah. cause like that. It did seem rather convenient that he immediately had that yeah. when his lawsuit was going. Yep. And they immediately published he, he it. He baited well. him a little bit. Yeah. I think he baited him, him a lot. He tried to get the, uh, the kind of the sob story, sort of like everyone kind of rallied. Yeah, then, on my oh, side. I'm going to do this, and now I just got but my But the look definitely is bad. I think a lot of people seen through that. So it's definitely not a great look for Lane Kiffin, for sure. But 
you know, I think people kind of see through some of the stuff. Well, I think you got to go exactly first and foremost with what Robbie said, and that's mental health is a huge right. issue on our issue. nation. Yeah. And yeah, that needs absolutely. to be addressed first and foremost. But, and I don't know how word this without saying, you know, uh, you got to have a certain mental ca- capacity to go in there and bait your coach, too. Exactly. So was it caused by that, or is he trying to use that? And another thing that's rampant in our country is people using mental health as an issue right. when it isn't one. Right. So you could go on and on and on about it, but the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, I think it's probably going to go away. you think so? I think so. Do you hope it does? Well, the whole thing seems a bit suspect. So I think with uh, what I know of it is that the lawsuit should be dismissed. I agree. Do you like Kiffin? Um, Well, I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think... Just like everybody else, he's an offensive genius. Um, he has done some things in the past that I don't like. Um, things that happened here in Tuscaloosa, and he, of course, did perhaps cost us a national championship. Uh, so I think it's give and take, but you know what? People grow up. And uh, I, I I think it's funny how he trolls some. I do too. You know, I think he's got a, a, a sense of humor. So there are things about him I like and things about him that I wish were better. But maybe as he gets older, he matures a little bit. All right, Lars, let's go to the NFL. What happened last night? I'll just say this. Uh, Mississippi is a one-party consent state when it comes to recording uh, yeah. so a conversation. So uh, so the recording is legal. Yes, so what absolutely. he did is legal. Um, however, um, you know, the kid, the kid doesn't show up for two weeks. He doesn't respond to the coaching staff. And then he goes and records Lane Kiffin. Um, Yes, mental health is very, very serious. But is this kid the victim? I'm not sure about that. Not sure how it's going to hold up in court. Okay, yeah, so last night, um, Carolina against Chicago. What an ugly game. Um, Featured about a gazillion punts. Chicago wins 16-13. And uh, Bryce Young, you know, I I, I really admire him, but uh, he just looked shell-shocked uh, most of the night. Um, Carolina's only touchdown came on a 79-yard punt return against a defense that was 28th, 28th in the NFL. Um, Bryce Young was outplayed by some guy named Tyson Bagel, uh, <laughs> undrafted rookie out of a Division II school who was filling in for the injured Justin Fields. And, you know, I don't want to be like an alarmist here, but are, are we starting to see that Bryce Young just may not be a special NFL player because, yes, he looked small on the field at Alabama. But, man, you look at him on the field in the NFL and it's like it's like me out there. 
I mean, it's it it it, it just. Uh, it's like it's like he doesn't have a chance, and I and I, I know you have a counter argument to this, Robbie. So go ahead. No, it's not. It's not that counter. I, I, he's still one of the best players I've ever seen. One of the smartest. Saban said his reaction, even as offensive coordinators, like he makes reactions and he sees the play before they happen. So that doesn't just go away. Yeah, he's having a bad year. He will be fine. He will regroup. They will get some offensive line around him. They will get some weapons around him. And all of a sudden, the game's going to slow down like it did here at Alabama. And he's going to start picking people apart. Do not write him off. He's going to have a great year next year. Guess who doesn't have a first-round draft pick next year? Carolina. Yep. They can still Guess who they gave it to? Chicago. <laughs> they can still do some trading. Think about this what if. some trading. Think about this what if. Chicago potentially could have maybe the number one and number three overall picks. And they get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that would turn around the franchise. I think quick. that would put a lot of eyes on them for sure. <laughs> well, what, what are your thoughts on Bryce yeah, Young? Yeah, so it's it really is it's it's disappointing because especially I think the thing that even makes it more disappointing when you're a, a guy's as big a fan as Bryce Young as I am, um, the way C.J. Stroud's playing right now, man, he is you know a man on a mission. He's on fire. He's unbelievable, and it's true. He's played unbelievable, right? Uh, C.J. Stroud is he looks like the more physically talented, gifted, bigger arm. It's because he because he is, but um, Bryce. I do agree. I mean, it, the, the situation he's been thrown in with Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders and an offensive line full of injuries and kind of mishap and then the everything's kind of falling apart. Uh, it's just kind of gone from bad to worse, and he hasn't played well through it. But it, the, the situation has not been favorable for him. So I feel for him, but I definitely say this. I would never write off Bryce Young, and I agree completely with Robbie. Or Lee, what, what uh, around him? Just doesn't have the talent. And, but Lars makes a good point. When are they going to get it? Right. They, they don't have that pick. Yeah. Trades, Robbie? That's yeah, what you trades. said. Larley. Also, team that's drafted poorly. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're you're correct. I mean, you you have to have the people around you. You have to have the offensive line. You, you know, he, he's not a one-man team. He was not a one-man team here at Alabama. There were many, many times where he, you know, got us out of a ditch but you know we had he had talent to work with here and you're not seeing that right he really at alabama to me he was like the ultimate point guard right Right. distributing the ball and, and then able to hit it over the top when he needed to but he had First round talent at wide receiver, and uh, I thought that uh, also I thought it'd be a lot better early on because I thought the way Bill O'Brien kind of relied on him to make checks at the line of scrimmage, be such a pro, you know, ready. I thought that would make him a lot more pro ready, but so far it's been rough, no question. It has. I mean, for instance, these are so unlike the numbers you normally read for Bryce. Is last night he was twenty one of thirty eight. That's fifty five percent. No touchdowns, no picks either. But I it's think just, he just needs a better. That offense is so limited. They don't have any well, any explosion down the field. They're lying not good. And the receiving core is not great. I mean, you're relying on 38-year-old uh, Adam Thielen. I, I hope he can survive the season without getting hurt and getting beat up too much. Well, unfortunately, you just made a really good point. Hey, we are at Innisfree. It's the Friday place to be. Come by and see us as we continue on Big Noon Sports.
holiday. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cool with periods of rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today 67, tonight's low 52. Very cool over the weekend. Cloudy with some rain at times tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, whatever the weather, 60 and yeah, it's overcast, a couple of sprinkles, we need them. We need, what we really need is a downpour. And our thoughts and prayers go out to all the first responders that even across the nation in Alabama, but particularly here in Tuscaloosa County, I think I heard on the way over here, there were still six or seven of these fires in progress now. So uh, let's just keep that in mind. And uh, also those that are responding first. Lars and I went into a pretty deep discussion yesterday on how brave firefighters are. How would you just run into burning buildings? How are you running a forest? I don't. God bless them. Hey, I know Alabama. We're going to talk Alabama-Kentucky in depth here in just a second. But they're going to Lexington, okay? But there are still plenty of places to yell roll tide this weekend. Robbie kind of has the list yeah, to memory. Yeah, def- definitely a lot of stuff to hear to do in Tuscaloosa. You got a first round of the soccer playoffs for the women uh, at 5 o'clock, I believe. They are hosting Western Carolina. And I want to make sure that's the right time right here. Hosting first round of the playoffs, you have 5, 5 p.m. And then uh, women's basketball is uh, hosting uh, Winthrop at 4.30. And then you have the men's basketball doing a doubleheader right behind them with uh, Indiana State coming in. And uh like to get a good crowds out to all three of those games because uh, they mean a lot. You know, basketball started soon, but they, they're 1-0 and you want to keep going. But this is playoffs for soccer. So let's go out there and support the the women out there and, uh, and get them advancing. Much success last year, of course. As much success they had last year, and, yeah. And um, I see maybe that uh, it's early. I think Bama's women's basketball has kind of turned the corner. And Sarah Lee Barker just lit it up. The other oh, night, just 23 first game points. And I've, I've loved watching her play since high school when I watched her win two or three state championships. She plays as hard as anybody I've ever seen in any sport. Very, very physical. And yes. that comes from playing against all her brothers that, you know, all play football. So that's what Jay always says. Like, watching them play, it was she would get in there and mix it up with them. And, and I saw that in that first game. Won the points, the rebounds, the defensive pressure she was putting on, just everything she did to help that team to win, she was out there. I mean, just giving it all and that, that was fun to watch so let's hope she can do it again today and keep the team rolling and the men's too so those are really it's good reason to be down at memorial coliseum Arch. all right here we go let's get go deep now. into it alabama traveling to lexington lexington kentucky for the first time in a decade um, Matt, you and I have been talking about this uh, all week in that um, I've got friends who live in the area, including uh, our, our buddy Pat Forty. And uh, I, I'm telling you, uh, Lexington is really looking forward to seeing Alabama come to town. This is a very big game uh, to Kentucky fans, to the Kentucky program. 
the uh, crowd is going to be on fire, even though it is a uh, quite early kick, uh, noon Eastern, 11 o'clock here, Central. And so we'll start with you, Peyton. Just uh, what are some of your keys to the game? Well, so for Kentucky, when you talk about limiting their offense, they're an offense that runs completely through their running back, Ray Davis, who's a physical all-around, good solid player. running back, good player. And the transfer quarterback from NC State last year broke a few of Phillip Rivers' records there at um, NC State, Devin Leary, who is, hasn't been great this year. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's playing his best football right now. So definitely not a unit you want to take lightly. They've had a few decent wins this year, but I think on defense you can really get after or get them because their secondary is pretty weak, and I think it kind of plays the way like you played LSU last week where that secondary weakness and all the inexperience that LSU had opened up running lanes for Jalen Rill because all the you know emphasis they had to put on limiting the big plays and stuff, so I think it'll open up running lanes again for him, and I'm interested to see the way Jalen Miller comes out because he's getting more hype now than he had gotten before, and people are starting to be like, this, is, this guy's really, really electric and explosive, which is very true, and he's playing his best ball right now. So, interested to see how he comes out. It feels like a sloppy, could be a sloppy sort of tough game, kind of grinded out early, but I think Alabama pulls away late. Yeah, Probably. definitely. Uh, uh, Milrose is playing at a all-time high right now. He's coming off that big game. He wants to show everybody that he is for real. Uh, wasn't a fluke. I think the team is going to rally. It's an 11 o'clock game. They're not going to, you talked about it yesterday, you're not going to sit around the hotel and be bored and laying around. You want to get out there and I talked to one of the coach, Coach Chapman, He's like, you want to you wanna get that game in early, kick their butt, and get back to Tuscaloosa and have a good time. So that's what their goal is. There's a lot of factors. Uh, you got the number two running back in the SEC. Bama's going to love to shut him down. That's going to be a goal of focus right there. Yeah. They want to stop him. You, you're not dealing with a dual threat quarterback like you had with Danielson. So you're going to focus on trying to stop him on his pass. They can do some one-on-one with their – they got good receivers. But they'll be able to shut that down and not have to look over their shoulder at a quarterback taking off running for, you know, 50, 60 yards. They're going to sit back and just lay back and hit some people. Plus they know that Georgia stopped them for 54 yards rushing. They like to compare and say that they're better in Georgia. This is what you do. You shut, we're going to shut them down for about 40 yards. We're not going to let them get to a thousand. And that kills, that kills their offense completely. If you can stop that run, they're going to force Devin Leary to throw. He's pretty inefficient at times. Yeah, speaking so. of Devin Leary, uh, I'll start with you, Peyton. What, what do you think of him? Uh, so far this year, he's thrown for over 1,900 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um, I think he threw for over 350 against uh, Tennessee. Yeah, that was his most impressive game. Yeah, sure. I mean, th- this kid's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. And I thought it was going to go a lot better this year, honestly. Early on in the season, I thought they were kind of a little sneaky. But the 57% completion percentage or whatever it is, I believe it's 57.4. And um, that's just, like, that's not efficient football when you're not going to be able to run the ball on everyone, especially in the SEC. But, yeah, he's a good player for sure. I mean, he's five years, fifth year now. He's got a lot of experience, so... Solid all-around quarterback, I'd say. They're going to be ready to play. I mean, Kentucky's going to come ready to play. It's in their parts. Their last home game. I think they're on the road the last two games. So they're going to be excited till Bama knocks them in the mouth. I expect Bama to to show their size, their strength, and push them around and, and show them that they're back. And also give the board, you know, the, the panel a little uh, something to vote for them on Tuesday. Laura Lee, what, is Alabama, what do you think Alabama needs to do? Give me two or three keys to beating Kentucky on the road. Well, first of all, uh, when you look at the two quarterbacks of uh, Milrow versus uh, Cleary, is that Milrow's more dynamic. 
Night and day. Like yeah. Way more. Way more dynamic. And so he has that scrambling ability. We saw uh, what he could do last week, finally. Uh, some quarterback designed runs, and he was making some better decisions. And I think that's going to be... One of the uh, points right there is I think our quarterback's better than theirs by far. And I think Milrow wants to go on the road and show everybody last week was not a fluke. Um, our linebackers, uh, we'll see how that works out. No Deontay Lawson. No so. Lawson. Yeah. So, Key out too? Key's out too, yes. Key's out too. Uh, Christian Story was not the answer last week, but maybe Devontae Smith may be coming back soon. Yeah. Not that Devontae Smith, this Devontae Smith, the same. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I think Story might be a better fit a bit against K- K- Kentucky than he was LSU. So we'll see. I'm sure they've worked on that this week. So uh, I just feel like uh, the lines uh, are fairly equal, opposite each other. Um, but I think Alabama's going to get it done. I mean, they uh, we have better players. Ultimately, it's going to come down to I think we have the talent and they don't quite have it. Matt, I want to ask you to take the uh, contrarian view here. And uh, what is Kentucky's path to pulling off the upset? Well, I think Alabama has to help them. I, I really do believe that. Um, turnovers. You know, if they could get Alabama to force, you know, to turn the ball over a couple of times, and and particularly if it's convenient. Uh, I also think that that Kentucky crowd is going to be jacked up. I'd, I'd like to see Alabama score on their first possession, which y'all remember like last year and last 10 years. We scored our first possession like 95% of the time. So I, I think that. But again, I'll go back to my original statement. Um, let's face it, y'all. Talent for talent, position by position, Alabama is much better than Kentucky. Yep. I say much better. They are better. Pound for pound, Alabama is the better football team. So just go mano mano. I would really like to see Alabama establish the run. I really like how we talk about how Reese has put in these plays, the RPOs and the runs for Milrow. I really like the way he's been using our backs. Yep. You notice? Mm-hmm. They've been getting four and five a pop. And he's been – and I love his rotation between Williams and McClellan. Do y'all, yep. do y'all notice? Yeah. Yep. And, and sometimes it's third down situation. But, you know – I think he's almost substituting on a play call. Yeah. Do y'all? Yeah. Uh, because you'll they're two and five, which sometimes it's hard to notice, especially if you're older like me. But you'll see, okay, which one's in, what play, and then they'll rip one off for five or six yards. Yeah. And um, they know when to dump it off into the, you know, into the flats with them. So I really like this team the way they've progressed. But back to my original statement, Alabama has to help Kentucky win. Yeah, and um, I think Kentucky needs to uh, withstand Alabama's barrage right at the beginning of the game and uh, try to establish the run, keep it close. And uh, because Alabama's been so good in the second half, limited LSU to seven points, completely shut them down. And uh, from Alabama's perspective, I think you, you want to see the offense, which has put together six straight quarters of really good football, just keep that going. And then you go into uh, next week playing an inferior opponent, 
and you kind of get ready for the the final stretch of the season. So I think uh, from Alabama's perspective, you do want to to uh, come out and, and and put points on the board right away and, and try to make sure that uh, that Kentucky doesn't stick around and you uh, you have a big advantage going into halftime and you get those get that crowd to disperse at, you know with five minutes left in the third quarter I think something interesting also I think you said a few weeks ago Lars um, it was we're talking about uh, Tommy Reed's uses of Jalen Miller in the running game it was like well we've seen what we have behind him so you, you gotta like it, they take into account the wear and tear that that puts on him I think now they're kind of ready to do unlock it yeah and that's absolutely. a whole different yeah. level to this that's offense. what they did on Saturday yeah. right I mean I mean Jalen Miller had been averaging I think 20 rushing yards a game going into that um, that football game and he put up I mean 150, 60, I mean, yeah. four touchdowns. He's got that ability, and I think they're going to start to unlock it even more. brings in a whole new dynamic to this offense. Yeah, by chance, you can't get by, and it's free, the fighty place to be. You can join us on the phones at 205-342-9904. It's Laura Lee, it's Peyton, it's Robbie, it's Matt, Lars. And we are all here, and we welcome you. Come by. We just order our meeting three, and it, it is fabulous. So come see us. It's the Friday place to be, and it's free. by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Be a lot. Like Christmas coming around, it's going to be nice. Have that like dig into the for a semester. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's big. Your host here fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> uh, we are back at Innisfree, the Friday place to be. Our entire gang is here, and we'd love to see you as well. Can't make it by today. Certainly come by tonight or tomorrow and, and watch Alabama at Kentucky. Now, speaking of Alabama, we were talking basketball a little while ago. I read, and then I saw the highlights, and one of which was just unbelievable this 
power dunk um, that Grant Nelson displayed where he came off the wing yeah. and took a couple of steps. He's 6'11". 6'11". Literally, that's what... Put the ball on the floor. But, and he and he got up. I mean, 6'11", you don't have to get up too, too high to dunk it. Mm-hmm. His arm was up at the top of the backboard. And he came. You you were there. Yeah. Laura Lee, you were there. Yeah. Did you go crazy? I would have. Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting uh, because I, I think we're all, after last year's team, wanting to see, okay, what's this year's team going to look like because it's going to be all different. Well, except for three players. Yeah. So it was, and of course it's hard to tell against Morehead State, but pretty it was, good team Morehead State, yeah, decent really mid ranger, maybe you know could make a tournament. Won their league winter. last year. Yeah, yeah, they. Um, I, I think we're going to have a pretty good team. I, I can't wait to watch tonight to go tonight yep. uh, play in Indiana State uh, and continue to see what. How this team, you know, like last year, you would have different players step up for different games and uh, score big. And so it's, you know, in the beginning of this season, trying to figure out who's the guy or who's the guy yep. this game. And we have plenty of guys to be the guy, and we have the depth, too. So I was really excited to to see that. Peyton, what were your impressions? Um, so, you know, when you compare it to how good the team was last year and it, all these guys that Laura Lee's talking about were, most of them were freshmen. You know, Noah Clowney, Brandon Miller, obviously. And so when you're trying to win a championship at the college basketball level and, you know, on the NCAA tournament, how hard that is, being dependent on freshmen, even though Brandon Miller, I mean, the best player in the history of this school probably, but, he is, I mean, he's a freshman. I mean, his last game, he shot three for 19 or whatever it was. I mean, it's it's tough to win a championship when you're dependent on young guys like that. Now, Grant Nelson is a, I think, third, fourth year. This is his fourth year in college, I believe. Aaron Estrada is fifth year, coming from Hofstra. And then Mark Sears, obviously, I think, fourth or fifth year as well for him, too. So you lose Javon Quinterly, but you, the, the depth that you're talking about, I think it's going to be a lot more efficient offensively especially shooting the three ball because the last two years have been kind of inefficient. Defensively, though, I'm worried about I wish that Charles Bidiaco could have come back because of how good a rim protector is he. I mean, he's was the best in the country last year down the stretch. One of our best players, and he's gone. That hurts, but I think there's a lot of – I mean, there's sure Jared a lot of – Jaron Stevenson, that guy. Nate Oates poaches good. this guy from well. North Carolina, yeah. and he lived 20 minutes away from UNC. I mean, that's just crazy level of recruiting to me. Um, but, yeah, really exciting to see that, but – I think it's going to be a really good team. Um, interested to see how they develop on the def- defensive side of the ball, though. You know, yeah. one of the things that is going to grow Alabama and continue in its um, its path under Nate Oates, and he's showing it this year. He has so many new faces, but he's got three guys that he's starting that it deserves, deserve to start, have been with the program. And then here comes transfers in. You know what transfers do? They take slots. Yep. You know, the guys that were on the bench last year expecting to play, well, now you got Estrada and, and, you, and you've got Nelson coming in. To be able to continue to have those other guys that got replaced, continue to have them wear it out in practice, help the team, 
That's a big deal. And it is a deal that I think some coaches are much better at than others. And Nate Oates appears to know the transfer portal and knows how to coach them. And that's basketball of the future, is it not, yep. Lars? Absolutely. And uh, I, the, I think the key piece to this team is going to be Grant Nelson. And after one game, he's already my favorite player in college <laughs> basketball. Um, you know, Matt and I have been talking a lot this week about the crowd at Bryant-Denny Stadium, Laura Lee, and just how loud it's been the past two weeks. Have you noticed a difference Ever since Nick Saban came out uh, before the Tennessee game and said, hey, we need you guys. Well, yes. And I mean, and it, it was it was really loud. I, I know everybody talked about it, especially when Terry on caught the interception yep. and how uh, all of that. But in general, it's it's nice. It's great. It's awesome to hear it that loud and to be able to stand up especially where i i sit being able to yell and kind of stand up whereas maybe they don't want us to you know people around us don't want to do that but do people ever try to make small talk with you during a game uh, like even even if it's an away game like i I know you said you're not going to travel to lexington and you're watching the game and does somebody ever try to talk to you um, and is that a bad idea? It's a bad idea. <laughs> okay. And Duly I have, noted. I have a headset on anyway. And if you're, because I, I listen to. Oh, you have the headset on. Oh, oh, oh you're oh, fully you're engaged. So, no one asks you about the housing market during the games? You're uh, talking about oh, no it. No one. <laughs> you know, no. Are you in Nick's head telling what play is called? <laughs> you got a special frequency? Yeah. Run the play. Yeah. Run, Run the, the ball damn ball. <laughs> Run the ball. Yeah, so even with, I mean, with the crowd, I had to turn my volume all the way up to be able to hear just a little bit. Not, you know, I'm tuning them out sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I'm not there to socialize. Of course not. You know, it'll be, that's a different game, but uh, most of the games, no. What did you see from the crowd? I thought I think it's just it was loud during Texas, but it was it's smart loud now. It's like you're you're yelling when they're trying to get the play in at the beginning of the plays. When these teams are going fast, you heard at the Texas game people just, like the the energy come out of the building when they were going fast. This time it's more calculated and smart, and I do think that's because of myself educating the people around. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's good <laughs> job. You, yeah. Well, you really get credit for both. Well, wins. I mean, people said that I was. I mean, last week. I mean, I, it means a lot more for, to me being from Louisiana and just despising LSU, people were telling me that I'm uh, terrible to watch games with because I was being so crazy. So I've started watching yeah, games in my yeah. house by yeah. myself, you know, um, because this inane chatter that's not related to a game just drives me crazy. If you're watching with other people and they're paying attention, that's fine. But when I've been to games recently, and here's Matt, get out of my yard, kids. They play such music so loud between plays, you can't even really talk to each other. Oh, well. I I mean, I turned the volume off, but I I mean, that's just part of being at the game. But that's not the way it used to be. Used to, they didn't play songs. You know, like the light show and stuff like that. Oh, I think it's Just, fun. The light show is cool. It's a good time. Yeah. I'm a TV guy. That messes with your f-stop yeah. and your cameras so bad. Yeah. Did you see how uh, it turned LSU's colors? 
their their uh, their gold was more of an orange, and their their purple was more of a blue because of the way the, the light, ground yeah. level and the pattern. Mm-hmm. It just went wait. Did they change stations? Yeah. So with, is Alabama playing somebody else? But no, I liked it when you were at the game. You could sit in the stands with other people, and between plays, you'd say, "Well, what do we need to do now?" Now you go, "What do we need to do now?" <laughs> we want it loud. But uh, my wife and her friends all went to the game, took the tickets, and we had one Auburn fan with them in the crowd. Of course, wore neutral sides. Told her if she wore Auburn, I was would never go again. She was blown away. Never been in the stadium. How loud it was. The light show, everything. She was like, she had a great time. She started clapping and yelling for Alabama. She did not say Roll Tide, but she said it was one of the best times she's had. And she's been to a lot of Auburn games. Said it was a great crowd. So that that's a good thing to hear. It's been a while since I've been to one. I'm going to go to UTC. And I'll give you a report on what it's like to watch. It probably game won't be very loud then. Uh. Yeah, it won't be. As <laughs> no, see, see, Matt and I, we're, we're smart. Like we go to like the early kickoff. We go to where the traffic might not be so bad. <laughs> I mean, between the two of us, we have probably covered. I don't know. Thousand, the higher thousand the number football goes, the older I feel. <laughs> it's still senior day, so there'll be a there'll be a crowd there. Yeah. So. Last oh, I think you know, I'll be full to. Just below the brim, I would think. Wouldn't you? Is there, uh, among the students, Peyton, if you are now seen leaving in the third quarter, is there a well, little... I'll tell people their face. I'm like, that's ridiculous, man. People are saying, it's, oh, this is my first Alabama game. I'm like, one of my friends are juniors. And I'm like, come on, man. That's not... I don't want to hear that. That's... If you're here for this, this is what it's all about. Not school. Not your class. Yeah, it's of course all about not. Brian Denny Stadium. <laughs> I told, I, 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 Matt, I've mentioned this to you before, but, uh, when my niece, uh, lives in Washington, D.C., she came and, and, uh, I took her to, um, to Reese Pfeiffer, the building that I teach in, which is right next to Brian Denny. We're staying outside of Reese Pfeiffer and she looks at Reese Pfeiffer and she looks at Brian Denny, looks at Reese Pfeiffer, Brian Denny, and then she looks at me, she's like, well, I guess I know what's important at Alabama. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Roll Tide. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's always been that way. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show here in a minute and you're still welcome. Drop by. What did you order? Did you go with the I went uh, the sausage? Yeah. sausage. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Shepherd's pie last week, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It was all good. You had shepherd's pie, too. Yeah, that's the second time I've ordered it. They like accidentally it. give you a double. Oh, uh, well, no, I think, no, I, I think I, that's the regular serving. That's cause the regular did that before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, double dose. That was pretty good. What'd you order? Oh. oh, chicken wrap. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like the Nick Saban of Innisfree. Yeah, I am. Order the same thing. Say, hey, if you love something, sing. why not stick with like it? change. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take our final break, and we'll be back with more. Live, Big Noon Sports is at Innisfree, the Friday place to be. 
Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody. It's Gary Harris. Friday, it's the big show, the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Always a lot of fun. Adam Amin from Fox Sports. Brett Pritchard will be in with the Auburn Report. And, of course, Bama football trivia from T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall. We're going to give away another great prize. See you on Friday at 9 on the Gary Harris Show. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cool with periods of rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 67. Tonight's low, 52. Very cool over the weekend. Cloudy with some rain at times tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Be right now as we wrap up our live broadcast Fridays during football season. We are at the free, and you can drop by here the rest of the day all weekend long and into next week. 25 years it has uh, been... Uh, University of Alabama or Tuscaloosa's best bar. 25 years to stay in the bar business is just an extremely large number. Most don't last that long. But we've got our gang here as we wrap up. Uh, just as we went into that break, Peyton saw something that was coming out of Birmingham as far as the SEC is concerned. What's going on? Yeah, so Dallas Turner, gets- oh, sorry. Uh, Dallas Turner uh- the pit that made a lot of headway last week on Jaden Daniels that knocked him out of the game. Um, many said it should have been targeting. It was ruled roughing the passer probably because of that body weight aspect or driving to the ground. But um, Brian Kelly sent that to review for the SEC league office. They were probably going to review it anyway. But they ruled it that it was not a targeting, uh, huh. just like the referees did. So that's twice that that has been ruled not targeting. Boy, this isn't going to be very popular, but no, uh, LSU will hate that. Yeah, they will. But I thought the crown of the helmet hit the face mask. So I don't like the way they have so closely defined what targeting is. Because I think a lot of these hits need to be measured, and I don't know how you get inside of somebody's brain. There has to be a level of intent. Does there not? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes... Players, quarterbacks, running backs, they duck their heads. And then you collide with helmets. Well, you know, that that's on the running back, too. And um, this has been the most difficult 
It's the most difficult call in football. It's the block charge of football. Yeah. And they continue to try to add like parts to the definition and try to expand what that means. But the more you expand it, it seems like the more complicated it all gets. Same with pass interference and what a catch is and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, some yeah. of the rules. Yeah, some of these defensive backs, I, I don't know how they come up no. and make a tackle. You come in, you're hitting a defenseless receiver or you led with your helmet or so you're coming up trying to make an arm tackle then you get put on the bench because you missed the tackle because you made an arm tackle so i agree i you know it's gotten a little crazy and i have never seen another team complain so much about a play down 14 points also and there was a penalty call yeah exactly i mean come on and wow. when you compare it to some other hits and whatnot, yes, it took the quarterback out. Yes, it did. And I, it probably, you know, it was a hit. And then he hit his head on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope he's okay. And He was uh, practicing today. He's a phenomenal football player, but he, he does not slide. Never. Jane well, Dale's no, never slide. I mean, the more hits you're going to take. Jalen Milrow. True, true. I uh, mean, are we playing flag football or are we playing football? Well, and you know like what? That. They'll I make like several that. adjustments yeah. to the rule now. But I also, here's another area that I think they need to really look into. And again, it goes back to intent. But disqualifying on one target, is, yeah. that seems a tad extreme. Yeah, sitting out the whole second half and then the next first half yeah, of the next game is ridiculous. That, that to, to me, that's too large a penalty. Lars, jump in here. Well, I have a question for you guys. It, it, McDaniels, the LSU quarterback, uh, NFL quarterback, Matt and I have been debating that this week. That's such a tough line for me because he's older now. I believe this is year five or four for him, I believe. But um, he's getting older and he hasn't shown it every single year, but, I mean, he's been, his down-the-field accuracy is phenomenal, but as the guys get more athletic on defense, I think that kind of offsets his running ability, which is like, I mean, he's so explosive with the ball in his hands. It's more like taking shots, being accurate down the field, and then running off of that, so I don't know how rounded out his game is in general, but he's played fantastic this year. How about Jalen Hurts? I mean, mean, you're looking at a quarterback that got better and better, and he's getting... Jalen Hurts was a different player when he came back after, so he gets benched in the national championship. When he came back that next year in the SEC championship, he was a different player. We we saw it in Alabama. He he missed so many throws at Alabama. And look at him now. As a thrower. So when you look at you know, it's possible. Jayden, it's, I think it's Jalen like, Hurts is a special kind of human with leadership and no mentality. Kidding. But he is a special human. Jaden Daniels, yeah, I'm not ruling him out, but I don't think he's a first-round draft pick to me. I don't know. He's a great athlete. Dra- I mean, great, he's athlete. A, great athlete. Great athlete. are being ca- like being changed to help these quarterbacks right there with his talent. So, yeah, I can see him getting in the right system. Having a, a great, great career. He seems like uh, he does take too many hits, so they will yeah. – uh, Try to get him to stop doing that as much, but man, it's like every week. An there's, arm, there's he a whole compilation of the hits that he takes every week. It's like spinning in the air. That first one uh, against Florida State when he like hurtled into the line of scrimmage. Like those are some ill-advised things yeah, that, that teams bad, don't like. Like that was that a bad teams uh, don't hurdle like right there. Yeah. That was a slam. Yeah. Trying to hold, some, hurdle both lines. Here's <laughs> some more news that came out since we've been on air that uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Dallas Turner have both been named 
Lot Trophy semifinalist, and uh, Atlanta is the or Atlanta Alabama is the only school with multiple semifinalists for this award. And the uh, the Lot Impact Award goes to the student athlete who best exhibits the characteristics of Ronnie Lot by making an impact on and off the field. And uh, and uh, uh, Kool Aid and Dallas are two of nine semifinalists, and the uh, the uh, finalists are going to be invited to an award show in California on December 10th, where the winner will be announced. But I think it underscores a larger point. And that is uh, these. Not only are they phenomenal players, they are good student athletes, and also would not surprise. I don't think anyone at this table if they both are picked in the top seven. Uh, it sure looks like it. I'm I, personally, I, I expected this from Kool Aid McKinstry. He's was fantastic last year. Dallas Turner had kind of a down sophomore year when you talk about expectations. I'm really proud of the way he's grown this year. I think it's been the biggest factor for this team. Are there two better DBs on a team than McKinstry and Malachi Moore? And then you, you st- let's yeah. start throwing and in Arnold. 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 Downs. 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 He's Downs is a freshman yeah. just getting better and better. And he leads he's the be team fantastic. in tackles half the games. He's going to be fantastic for the next two years. Yeah. When did uh, Arnold got that blindside block on a reverse? And the, didn't he get on that? Against uh, LSU, he got in the, hit in the, in the first he got half. Hurt. Yeah. Yes. I, on that blindside hit. Yeah. Hurt, but he played and he, he stayed in. He did. Yeah, he hurt, stayed in. But, but see, he, look, he no robbed. one said anything about that. That was, yeah. that was a bad yeah, hit. It's, it's the that Alabama. Was, that the was a head to head smoke, yeah. like right there. Yeah. But, anyways, don't want to keep bringing that up. But. <laughs> well, bottom line is that Daniels is okay. Yep, he's yep. good. You said he's practicing this yeah, he week. Yeah, I saw it when I was driving in, uh, practicing and could be available for the Florida game. And you don't want to. Why do you never hear the yeah. answer to Lars' question? Yes or no? Will he play in the NFL? Yeah, I, yeah, I think no. he's such a great athlete, yeah. great arm, great everything. He's just got to learn how to slide. As a starting quarterback, I think he'll be drafted into a system that will give him a chance. But You're, he shouldn't be drafted to a team that needs a quarterback right now, and he has to be that guy the first year, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, no, Joe Burrow. Went in the no, no, Joe Burrow. <laughs> no, Joe Burrow. You know, I'll be honest with you. The He's time more than I a Zach Mettenberger. Tom, I thought that was too early. <laughs> look, well, look who's wrong now. Yeah, look who's wrong yeah, now. $255 million later. Two hundred man. Did you, see the, did you see the money they're going to get? That, um, I'm, I'm switching sports. No, Tani's going to get. No, I didn't uh, see that. Five. And I think this is low, to be honest with you. Ten it's years. Because of, of the elbow, he can't pitch yeah. next year. Uh, ten so. years, $252 million. Yeah, but yeah, the upside with it's, him is crazy. It's just, oh, I mean, you're getting two players. Yeah. yeah. And they're paying for a player and a half if they offer him that, and he, yep. and he takes it. So uh, we'll see. But uh, uh, to the riches go the athletes, huh? Yep. I, well, before we uh, do get our sides, uh, I want to remind everyone that it is Veterans Day weekend. Right. And, uh, you know, I have a big military family. My uncle I just lost, major in the Marines, Alan Stout. Lost him two months, three months ago. And a big part of my life and a lot of friends serve and, you know, made this possible for us to talk about football and play the game on Saturday for everything that they did back then. So, and still doing, keep this country free. So, very thankful for everybody. and. Go out there and thank a vet. Absolutely. And isn't it the Marines' birthday? It is. Yeah. The Marines are, golly. The Marines tomorrow, I think. What is that anniversary? How many years? How many uh, years? Uh, I, um, my uncle would be mad at me. I don't know. I, I don't that. know, but I know everybody 
probably knows somebody or has a relative that's in the military. Uh, and the entire. I, I know y'all talked about scores yesterday. What do y'all think about Bama, Kentucky? What's going to scores? I can't remember what I turned in yesterday on the tide site. Um, I, I think it was somewhere around. Uh, 35-14, 37-14, something I think we're like going to have our most points beside that first game. I think it'll be a 48-10. I'm going to let them get 10 Whoa. points. But I, like I think, I like I think that. we're going to just line up and put it on them. You got a, you got a number here? I do. We? Yeah. 45-13. That's okay. I can see that. 45-13. I'll say happy uh, Veterans Day to my father, who is uh, buried in Arlington National, served uh, 43 years in the Navy. Dad, love you. Uh, I'm going 37-21 Alabama. Uh, I got 37-20 because I think they come out a little slow, 11 a.m. on the road. I always kind of take that into account, but I think that they get going late. I mean, you want to see them play better first halves than they have generally this season. But So everybody sees them covering. Is that right? Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Covering, oh, yeah. Correct. Yes. Okay. Covering and winning, yes. All right. Um, let's jump across the other side of the state just as we close up. Alabama and Arkansas. Anybody has Auburn, Arkansas? Auburn, Arkansas. Auburn Did I say Arkansas. Alabama? Yeah. yeah, it's Auburn at Fayetteville. Uh, I, I like Auburn going in there. I, I know Arkansas is probably going to play good against them, but I want Auburn to be winning. When we play them again, helps our strength the schedule again when we beat them at their place. I like uh, Arkansas in this game. Me too. Arkansas runs the ball. And all the general run as well, yep. I think. Orly. Orly really doesn't care because it involves Auburn. That's right. right. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Her hey. pick is DC. Don't yeah. scare. Okay. <laughs> I'm more concerned uh, about these West Coast games yeah. than games that affect That's crazy. Alabama. Look at this. All of us watching all these games because yeah. of 14 play. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Come by and see everybody at Innisfree, the Friday place to be.